0: So here's our series that we're in the middle of right now called Come to Me, where we look at the different ways Jesus invites people like you and me to come to Him. And there's a number of different ways Jesus puts the invitation out there and we're looking at four different ways over this week, over this month. Um, this is week number two. So can I grab that next slide? Last week we, we, we saw Jesus say, are oh, you thirsty? Come. And if you, if you missed last week... Um, Just so you know, and maybe you'll assume, all the sermons do get recorded, or we attempt to record them each week, and so there's a podcast and all that kind of stuff. If you ever want to catch up on a sermon you missed, go and hunt it down, you can do it through the website or jump on all the things, all those platforms that hold recordings and things, it's all out there. Um, This week, weary. Next week, unworthy. Week four, insecure. See what's happening? And, and we're actually trusting that it, with each of these weeks, that each, each of these topics will tap into something for us. And it may even be that you have someone else in mind who you think, yeah, they needed to be here to hear this one. Um, maybe they need to be here to hear next week's one. Um, keep, keep these weeks in mind. Um, but this week, are you weary? Are you weary? Are you tired? That's the topic we come to this week. Um, I don't know how you're feeling right now, whether you're feeling tired and weary. Um, last week when we asked the question, are you thirsty? I kind of acknowledged that you, you know, we're going to talk about water a lot and you're going to find yourself feeling thirsty and want to have a drink of your water bottle. So I don't know what's going to happen this morning as we talk about being weary, whether that's actually going to put many of you to sleep. Um, I, I see it as my task somewhat to try and keep people awake most weeks. Um, but if you drift off, you know, maybe it's because you, you, you come here this morning really dog tired, you know, and maybe that's you. You're really tired. And by the way, prefer you to be here having a sleep than to have stayed home because you're tired. Yep. You never know what might trickle in while you're sleeping. You, know? you ever do that? Read a book by just chucking it on your face and going to sleep at night? No? It, it, it's good to have you here. I, I hope you can stay awake. If you fall asleep, it's okay. We're looking at this topic of being weary and tired. Um, check out the promise that we get in the passage. Did, did you follow it when we just read the word uh, Matthew chapter eleven? Can I just get that next slide? Look, look, look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest." So, if you've got a sense of your own weariness this morning, um, the burden that you might be carrying, there's there's good news. Jesus comes with an incredible promise. He says, you come to me and I'll give you rest. Is, is that what you need? Have you got a sense of of, of, what, of what you're longing for deep down as you come here this morning? All of us will understand physical exhaustion on some level. Yeah? When was the last time, maybe you're feeling it today, but when was the last time you were really tired, really dog tired? You just could hardly open your eyes. Maybe you'd worked really hard at something and your body was just exhausted. maybe you found yourself just unable to sleep for night after night um, because of stress and anxiety or something and you just are just carrying this exhaustion to you. The last time I remember being really, really exhausted was in that young phase young kid phase of life, new baby phase of life. All our kids are kind of growing up a little bit now, but it feels like only yesterday that we brought our first baby home. Little girl named Evie, and um, we weren't that prepared. We didn't read many books. We just thought, "I oh, will wing it." What could go wrong, you know? And um, so we we videoed ourselves like a little blog thing. Anyway, we've got this video, and we've watched it a few times. And it, we're about a week into it. It's been about you know we came home. It's all good times, but about a week into it we were so tired, we were videoing, out, videoing ourselves and attempting to talk. We could hardly get words out. And then we just found ourselves giggling nonstop and we laughed and we, we just kept laughing. It's the funniest video to watch, you know, when you watch people laughing, you just laugh. But, you know, we're, we're so tired, all we could do was laugh. But then, of course, you can probably imagine what happened after that. You know, the laughter turns into tears and then into cries for help and getting help and figuring stuff out and thank the Lord for aunties and uncles and family and all that kind of stuff but um, when was the last time you were really really tired? Um, God actually designed us to get rest. He kind of wired it into our bodies so we'd understand this concept. Every day you need to tuck yourself into bed and try and get seven or eight hours and if you don't for a few days in a row you really feel it. Like We've got to stop. It's kind of hilarious. We think we're really strong and powerful. We can do all things. Um, no, no, you need to tuck yourself into bed every night and sleep. Um, <clears throat> when God wired us and set up creation, he, he set us up to not work every day of our lives. He, he set us up to at least stop once a week. One in seven. Stop your work. You know, and he modelled that for us in creation. You, you get God setting up for his people these annual festivals as well, which you could see the kind of, you know, there were two or three festivals that God's people were to stop their work and come and celebrate him together, which almost formed the foundation of what we might call holidays these days. It's, it's part of what we're meant to do, rest. Um, do you notice your need for physical rest, your, your need to stop And what happens for you when you don't stop and rest? Are you aware of that? Because I think when we notice our need for physical rest and we ask, why is it that we've been made that way? I think it's to help us understand a greater need for a deeper kind of rest that we're really made for. And just like last week when we talked about physical thirst, but then that deeper thirst, when Jesus puts out the question, are you weary? Are you burdened? He's not just talking about physical rest. He's not just like, have you, are you tired, mate? He's like, no, no, no. Do you, are you sensing that deeper weariness? Do you understand you're built for a deeper rest? Are you aware of that in you? Because that's what I want to give you. So that's where, that's where we're going today. We're trying to get in touch with this deeper weariness, what the cause of that is, and this deeper rest that Jesus calls us to come to him and receive. So I'll go back to that verse again, if you you can. It says, um, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. But what kind of rest is it? Well, as the passage goes on, you read on, and it clarifies the kind of rest we're talking about. Can I get the next slide, mate? And you can just follow this in your passage. Jesus says, I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, here's the rest. What is it? Rest for your souls. So this is the rest that Jesus is inviting you to come to him to receive. Not just physical rest, a deep rest, a rest for your soul. Call it soul rest. And the Bible talks about the soul a lot. It talks about the heart a lot. And you don't want to get too platonic in the separation of the physical body from the soul. Um, but, but, but really, when the Bible talks about soul and heart, it's really just trying to get you to understand the very centre of who you are, the, the very core of your personhood, the real you deep down. And Jesus says, I want to give you rest in that place, that place that flutters and is often restless. I want to give you deep rest for your soul. I want to give you security in that place. I want to help you be settled in the deepest place. And as you hear that this morning, do you find yourself thinking, oh, that sounds good. (laughs) I would like that. Are you aware of the restlessness that you notice deep down, which drives you to all kinds of endeavours and all kinds of activities? Jesus, like I want you to just calm right down in that deep place. And our society holds out many solutions to get some calm deep down. And there's lots of things you can do, lots of practices you can adopt. And a lot of them are very helpful. But Jesus, I think, is holding, us, holding out to us the, the ultimate solution. He's the one who made us. He's like, I've got some deep rest for you. You want that? You want that? Because that's what he offers us. Do you, do you notice the restlessness in your spirit? I mean, last week we talked about it like it's like a thirst, a deep down thirst for life or a panic for life almost. Um, do you notice a searching and an anxiety almost in your heart for meaning, purpose, satisfaction? Because I think one, ways to, one way to notice that restlessness of the spirit deep down is to notice your, the questions that your heart will ask from time to time. Do, do you notice a searching for answers to the big questions of life that sometimes pop up? bubble up to the surface in the midst of the busyness or whenever you get a little bit of quiet because I think this is what our soul or our heart does constantly until it gets answers. It asks these kinds of questions. You can call them existential questions but they're these ones, ready? Here's what your soul's doing. Here's what your heart's doing. It's asking these kind of questions. Who am I? Like seriously, like who am I? And and where am I? Like, what is this place? Um, Why do I exist? Like, why am I here right now? Uh, What am I meant to be doing? Where is this all heading? (laughs) They're the big ones, aren't they? Yeah? Some people call them the existential questions and your heart will ask those questions through the whole of your life until it finds answers, good, solid answers for those questions. But your heart will be restless until it gets the answers. Typically, what you can do to solve the restlessness or the discomfort of those questions popping up at random times um, is you can just stay busy. That's one of the classic ways we avoid the restlessness of having to answer those questions. Just stay busy, you know, and we ask each other how we're going sometimes. Oh, busy, you know, I'm busy. It's like it's the, it's, it's the great brag almost sometimes. I'm just so busy. Oh, good on you for being so busy, you know. Good on you for just distracting yourself from the deeper things. But we can do it. We, we can entertain ourselves. You can constantly be... Um, watching content whenever you get a spare moment, and that's what we have access to now. And I talk about this a bit, don't I? But there used to be this, at least one or two moments a day where a person would get a moment to think, and that's on the toilet. But now people take their phones to the toilet with them. I know this is not a spiritual practice, but I just want to beg you not to take your phone to the toilet. Let it be the one moment in your day. (laughs) Apart from it just being gross... Let it be the one moment in your day where or two moments in your day where you just sit and you try to be silent and have a thought of your own without just being fed content. You know what I mean? I get busted if anyone in my household sees me coming out of the phone, out of the toilet with my phone in my pocket. I promise them I didn't mean to have it there, but... You can be entertained what the other thing that we can do is we take substances to drown out the discomfort or the pain so there's all kind of things we do to avoid having to wrestle with those deeper questions and maybe you've spent time already wrestling with them and you found good answers but maybe you're new to this and you're humble enough or willing enough to acknowledge this morning yeah that's all going on for me and I've been looking my whole life for proper answers to these questions. And I'm intrigued that maybe this whole Jesus thing has got something for me. Yeah, he has. He has. And I, and I just beg you on his behalf to come and look at what he means by rest when he says, come to me. Yeah? Are you spiritually weary? Are you feeling burdened? Do you feel the weariness of your soul? We, we, we sing that song each year. At Christmas time, O Holy Night, it uses the word weary, doesn't it? One of the lines in the song it says, "A weary world rejoices at the coming of Jesus." It's the reality. There's a weariness in our world. There's a sense in which we weren't meant to feel the weariness that we feel deep down. We weren't meant to live like this. We were actually meant to know our Maker and know meaning in life. Yeah. We were designed for life in really close proximity with the one who made us. And if you go back and you see the way humans are first made, they're they're made in a particular place, in a garden, and God would be close and walk with them each day, and that's how life is meant to be. And, And the seventh day, when you see the creation account, never really ends. Life was meant to go on close to God, resting in relationship with him Which didn't mean not working, there was work to do in the garden, but you work in a relationship of deep rest and satisfaction and contentment, enjoying meaning and purpose. That's what you were meant for, which is why we feel the weariness of the disruption of what we were meant for, yeah? It was devastated by sin, we live outside the garden... There's a wandering restlessness deep down in our spirit that's longing to be back with God in the place that we were made to exist. And until you find yourself back there, and ultimately until we find ourselves back there in glory, your heart's going to be restless and asking questions. And so along comes Jesus at this moment in history with, with a promise Come to me, I'll give you rest. I'll I'll settle your heart and give you the comfort of the answers you're hunting for. Who are you? You are a created being made in the image of your Maker. You're not an accident, you're not a mistake. Where are you? Well, you're living in God's world. He is the Lord, it's all His including the life that He's given you on loan. Why am I here? Why do I have life? Well, you've been given life that you would know your Maker, love your Maker and serve Him with all your days, humbly. And and where am I heading? Where am I going? Where's this all heading? Well, God's going to wrap it up. Yep and if you find yourself having re- responded to Jesus' invitation to come and you're in relationship with then your future is secure continuing in relationship with your loving God for all eternity yeah see so see how the questions the big questions get answered in coming to Jesus there'll be rest for your soul a deep com- deep comfort of having good solid answers to those big questions Maybe you've heard this Augustine quote before. Um, Can you throw that one up for us? So he's a theologian, philosopher, kind of at the end of the Middle Ages, so late 300s, early 400s. Um, Here's Augustine's quote. Because you were made, so sorry, because this is him speaking to God, because you made us for yourself, O Lord, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. That's a cracker, isn't it? It's not a Bible verse. <laughs> it's a quote from someone who spent many years reflecting on the Bible after he got converted because he was so restless. You heart to be restless until they find their rest in God. And there's plenty of scriptures that draw us in that way as well. I love Psalm 62. Can you give us that one? Psalm 62. Um, David starts the psalm by saying, My soul finds rest in God alone. That's, it's in God alone that your soul will find ultimate rest. But then I love as the psalm goes on, he ends up speaking to his own soul and saying, find rest, O oh, my soul, in God alone. I love that. He's so confident that where his soul finds rest, but he still needs to work hard to find rest, entreat his own soul, thump on his own chest and say, come on, don't look elsewhere, come and look to the one who made you to find rest. I love the honesty in the psalms. This is where your soul is going to find rest, in God and God alone, which means it'll find, like you as a person, the the deepest part of who you are will find its ultimate home with God. Yeah? Real rest can be found today in God, in the midst of all the craziness, and this is kind of what I love about this promise that comes to us if rest can be found in God, then what that means is that it can be found in the midst of physical exhaustion. It can be found in the midst of a busy schedule. It can be found in the midst of all the things you go through because rest is not found in sorting out those situations and getting them good. Rest is found in God and being close to Him in the midst of the craziness. Yeah? So soul rest, real rest, is not primarily about simply doing less or slowing down, though those practices are helpful. Soul rest is about having your heart, your spirit, your soul, being at home with God where it belongs. Yeah? Like a homing pigeon that's just jittery to your back where you're meant to be. Yeah? Now, you might be sitting here this morning thinking... Weary? I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. I'm fine, mate. I got heaps of energy. I'm strong. I got a plan for this year. I'm going to make it happen. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling young. Or oh, you're old, but you're still feeling young and carefree. I just want to say, really, like I do think we can have moments where we feel great. And and if you're in a season where you're feeling strong, that's really good. But are you aware of how you're feeling really deep down because I, I would love to meet you you know I'd love to hear what's really going on because every other single person I've met even even when they're doing the best that they can ever do they still feel like there's a sense in which they're they're pushing a wheelbarrow through life and that wheelbarrow's got so much stuff in it that's that's wearying you know There's cares and there's responsibilities and there's fears and there's failures and there's a bit of guilt and there's a bit of shame and there's doubts and there's can be so much stuff in that wheelbarrow that you're pushing through life and sometimes you're really aware of it but it's there and I doubt you're any different really. And I think kind of Jesus calls our bluff really by saying, hey, are you weary? You know you are. (laughs) You know there's a weariness there. He exposes our heart. He says, come to me. I'll give you rest. So can we respond to Jesus' invitation to come? And in this particular scripture, what does it mean to come to Jesus? You see, last week we looked at Jesus' invitation, are you thirsty, come to me? And really the emphasis of coming to Jesus in that passage was come um, and believe. So the focus on there was believe in the work of the cross believe in Jesus' life, death and resurrection, which is really at the heart of what it means to come. And if you missed that sermon, go back and have a listen. But what's the emphasis of coming to Jesus in this passage that we've got here? Because I actually think when you notice it, it looks a bit strange or at least intriguing. When Jesus says, come to me, he goes on to talk about how to come to him means to take a yoke upon yourself. I mean, let's have a look at the passage. It's there in front of you. You look at it in your own Bible. Look at what Jesus says. Come to me. And here's what he means by come. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So he talks about the kind of burden that it is. But just right up front, just notice this. When Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest He acknowledges that to come to him is to actually take on a burden. You noticing that? It's to take on a yoke. Now, if you haven't heard this kind of language before, you might be thinking a yoke. You mean that thing inside of an egg? (laughs) No, no, no. So in the ancient world, do you know what a yoke was? It's the same thing a yoke is today, but we just don't see it very often. I've got a picture here for you of how an oxen would typically be yoked. To be yoked is to have like a a wooden frame across the back of your neck so that you can bear a weight and usually pull a plough through the ground to help with farming and you would be steered by the master, the owner of you, as you have that yoke put upon you. And this is the imagery Jesus is using when he says, come to me, I'll give you rest. (laughs) He's like, come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. That's intriguing, isn't it? It's, it's almost a little bit strange. You, you, might be, you might be expecting Jesus to say, come to me, oh, I just no burden, completely free. I'll, I'll, and that's where rest is going to come from, having no weight. And Jesus no, no, come to me, I've got a yoke for you. But there's real rest in this yoke. It's worth digging into this one, yeah? Take my yoke upon you, learn from me. Yeah? Now, you might not want to picture yourself as an oxen. And I understand that if you don't want to picture yourself as a beast. So maybe this picture might be a little bit more helpful. A person, you know, just with a, something across their shoulders and the weight of carrying water. What this doesn't have is uh, someone directing, like a master steering this picture. But maybe you can just picture this. Jesus is saying, come to me, here's my yoke that I'm going to give you. It's a burden to carry. But apparently, that to take the weight of Jesus upon you is exactly what you need to get real rest. So let's try and tease this out. Yeah? To take the weight of Jesus or the yoke of Jesus is to take the work and the labour of Jesus. It's to have him as your authority, steering you to work and do his work. In this world. It's ultimately to submit to him as your master, submit to him as your Lord and I think this is right at the center of this invitation when Jesus says that you're tired, come to me. What he's saying is, have me as your Lord, have me as your master, let me direct you, live in submission to me, obedient to me and he's not shy about acknowledging that that is a weight That that is a burden. But it's the best one you'll ever carry. Yeah? But it is a weight. Don't be mistaken. It's not zero burden coming to Jesus. And if anyone tells you it is, they're pulling the wool over your eyes, you know? But the burden in comparison to what you currently carry without having had come to Jesus is beautifully light. Yeah? It's light and easy. The, The burden of submitting to Jesus and living in obedience to Him is actually a delight and brings true freedom. To actually become a servant of Jesus is, is the very thing that you were wired to do and when you step into it, you're going to know rest for your soul in obeying Him. You catching that? Yeah? To live under His obligation and to do it humbly... Happily is actually what you were made for. To carry the yoke of Jesus. You, you You might know some of how God dealt with His people through history. And when God's people Israel were wandering in the wilderness, He kept talking to them about rest that was coming. And rest for God's people Israel was going to be found when they finally got into the land. Yep, But when they approached the land... Did God simply say, go on, get in there and have a ball and do what you want, have a great old time? No, no. As they approached the land, God said, you need to live in submission to me in the land. You need to be obedient to me, live under my guidelines. He gave them heaps of law that they would live under under his lordship because that is what was going to bring rest for them. It almost sounds counterintuitive that to be constricted and to have to live in obedience is going to bring rest, but that's the truth of it. And, and, and there's a weight in obedience for us today. You, you come to Jesus, respond to his invitation, and he says, all right, I, I want you to live according to my, you know, my heart. Um, I, I want you to obey me, and I want you to obey me in all areas of life. And so Jesus is going to have things to say to us about issues of morality, morality, Jesus is going to call us to obey him in regards to sexuality. He's going to call you to obey him in regards to business and finance and work. He's going to call you to obey him in regards to your relationships and your family. In all those areas of life and every area of your life, you are to take directives from Jesus and to live for him and submit to his thinking in that moment and environment. And that is going to be real rest for your soul. I don't think that's easy to trust, by the way. I think it's easier to, to trust in our own reason or to trust in what we hear more of throughout the week by everyone else telling us where life can be found and rest can be found. But we need to trust Jesus. He says, Come to me, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. Which is Jesus saying, Watch how I live. And Jesus lived in perfect submission to the Father, perfect obedience to the Father. He found himself in multiple situations which are extremely difficult for him to obey and he finds himself feeling the pain and strain of obedience but saying, not my will but yours. And right there is rest. So he submits to the will of the Father and he turns to us and says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, live like me Learn from the way I lived. Pick up your cross and follow me. This is it. This is what you're looking for. This is the rest you're looking for. Everyone else will tell you you're crazy for this, but this is what you're looking for. Obedience, living under the lordship of Jesus, is difficult and painful. It is a yoke. And you might be sitting there thinking, Tim, you're not talking me into this. You're talking me out of it. I want to entreat you to actually come and take on this burden because you're already under a burden anyway. And it's a heavier one than this. So when Jesus says, my my burden's easy, you know, mine is light, he's he's comparing it to what you're already carrying. And prior to coming to Jesus, you, you need to acknowledge there's a burden being carried. You're living under some kind of obedience. You're submitting to something. And it's usually the desires of your own heart. And many of them are broken and fallen. It's usually listening to the narrative of the world that we live in, which is opposed to God. But don't be mistaken, you're carrying a burden. If you're yet to come to Jesus to take his yoke, just know you've got a yoke. <laughs> you're yoked to something. And it's far, far worse. Yeah? You're already under the burden of the weight of the bondage of your own sin and and the desires that come from your sin. And you can either remain under that yoke and never really know rest for your soul or you can come to Jesus, ditch that burden and take on his and be set free from slavery to your own sinful desires be set free to no real rest in Him, that comes only having Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord living under his lordship. If there's something in you that's nervous about having Jesus as Lord and master, it's probably because you've experienced some lords and masters in your life so far that have not been gentle and humble. But Jesus says, you come to me, you see it in the passage, you come to me, take my yoke upon you. Um, I am gentle. I am humble. So to submit to him and surrender to letting Jesus direct your life, you're surrendering to something very good. A good, humble, gentle master who has your good in mind. that's where we find rest for our souls it's an interesting promise isn't it but it's a good one so be honest is there a weariness deep down are you feeling the burden do you need to respond to Jesus's invitation do you need to come and um, find rest in him Um, and do you need to do it today And um, with each of these weeks, I do want to just leave a moment at the end here to give some space for response, which isn't to invite you to come out the front or put your hand up, but just to give you a moment to think about how you need to respond to this invitation and do business with God yourself. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you that moment. I'm going to stop talking. So you might just have a moment to think and pray and respond in a way that you actually know you need to right now. Don't, don't miss this moment. I'll give you a moment and then I'm going to pray a prayer. And um, if the prayer makes sense to you, just pray it with me. I'll pause after each line and give you the chance to pray it quietly in your own heart. So give some silence. Yep. And then I'll pray. That sound good? All righty. Okay, we'll pray this with me if it's making sense for you in this moment. Oh, Jesus, I'm weary and burdened and I know it. My soul has been wandering and searching, exhausted for a long time. I come to you. I take your yoke upon me, I submit to you as my Lord, and I trust that in this place, I will find real rest, deep rest for my soul. Amen.